This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two friends, lifelong, oh, gosh. talk about uh, life got... for a long time. I left that word out, but I put it in later. I'm Link. Wow, and I'm really wanting you to do it again, but I'm not gonna enforce that, I'm Rhett. <laughs> uh, this week at the round table. You're my table friend, of, lifelong, man. Uh, this week at the round table of dim lighting, we are picking up on our Friendship Through the Years series. Uh, this time we are talking about the high school versions of us, uh, and specifically the high school version of our friendship, because as we were just talking about a second ago, we, you know, let's be honest, when two friends, comma, lifelong, comma. <laughs> yeah. Talk yeah, about I'm life for it. a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we end up treading through some of the same ground. Like we've talked about the way that we were engaging, um, you know, each of us were engaging with our sexuality through the years in high school. Sure. We've talked about how we engage with our spirituality and now we're kind of homing in on the- How we've engaged with each other. Yeah, yeah. And not sexually or spiritually necessarily, but just, uh, as friends, and uh, so Lifelong. so um, we might be revisiting some of the same uh, territory, but hopefully bringing some new perspective to it. And also, you did bring some yearbooks, I see. Yeah, I asked you to bring yearbooks, but it was this morning. It was, I mean, it was seven a.m. I believe I you had plenty of time to find your yearbooks. Well, I'm not gonna. I, I did look. I have a section. I told you a week I have a ago. section in my garage that is in need of reorganization. That is those like Rubbermaid boxes, mm -hmm. and they're three deep and two oh, or three high, yeah. and it's up on this thing that I have to get on top of a, a ladder and and stand. I literally have to stand. I did it this morning, and I feel I'm kind of I feel bad about this. This is like a a six foot step ladder, mm -hmm. and in order to get to the top box, I am standing totally on top of the ladder. Do not like do that. Like on the green part at the top that you're not even, you're not even supposed to put a foot. I'm putting My business both feet is on that. Too tied to yours. Like economically, we are too tied together for you to be teetering on top of a I ladder. I have excellent balance for a tall person though. That's true, you're, you're 12 foot seven inches above the, above the garage floor, the concrete floor. I thought about asking my wife to hold the ladder, but that would have required Coming back down the ladder, going up the stairs. Not, to the the house. top two steps of a ladder are not steps. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm ashamed. They're, they're I'm ashamed. being leaned on. I'm ashamed. And, then, and you still came down with and nothing. I still didn't find you your nothing book. to show for it. Because I think they're in the way back. Can I ask you something totally unrelated before we get into this based on something that happened to me this morning? It's I very love, fresh. I love changing subjects. When you go to the bathroom uh, here at the office, um, we're still wearing masks in here. It's the utmost protection. 
for everybody Protection. in our studio. So we're still in mask mode indoors as people are working. When you go to the bathroom. Do I take my mask off? Is that what you're about to ask me? And do you take your mask off? No. When you, if you poop in oh. the bathroom, do you take your mask off? I mean. Yes or no? No, why, why, why would I? So I could smell it more? Well. That's I, one of the benefits of, I've actually, I hate wearing a mask. I've established this with my beard. I hate it, I have to comb the beard out. But uh, when I go to the bathroom, I actually think to myself, this is like one scenario where it really, because even when you're thinking about a virus, it do, it's not tangible and sometimes you're like, I mean, is this really doing anything? But when I'm in the bathroom and I'm pooping, mm -hmm. I'm like, this mask is doing things for me. And also doing things for me to not, not have to think about who was in here before me and what particles they left in here. If what I'm about to tell you changes your mind, proceed with caution. Uh, I have no idea where this is going, but it must be that you don't wear a mask in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't like to wear a mask in the bathroom when I'm pooping because. You poop through your mouth. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, we, it's a. Boy, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I don't poop through my mouth, well, you jerk. Okay, well. It you was, jerk. It was a joke. You didn't. But I do believe that actually is a thing that can happen. Poop through the mouth. I don't wanna talk about that. It's probably on WebMD. I take my mask off when I'm pooping in the bathroom because I don't wanna suck in, I don't want all this poop stuff to get caught in my mask that then for the rest of the day, I am slowly breathing in poopy particles. You're not breathing in, it's on the outside of the mask. It's in the mask and then it's, some of it gets through the mask. What, yeah, what, where have you read this? What research paper? I haven't read paper? it anywhere. But that's what I do, okay? I'm and almost sure the poop doesn't make it doesn't it to the mask. It doesn't seem like I'm changing your mind, but you, oh, so you'd rather whatever happened to, to Mr. Open-Minded Rhett? So you, well, I mean. Just be open-minded until I'm done with my story, okay? I, I'm closed-minded about things I'm, I'm right about. No, no, uh, can, you, can you keep your mind open until I'm done with my story? Okay, there's more? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't even told it yet. Okay, all right, I'm ready for more. So I sat down to poop this morning in the bathroom uh, I sit down and then I look over and I make sure the door's locked. And then I realize, you know what? I still have my mask on. I forgot to take my mask off and here I am pooping. And I don't want all these poop particles caught in my mask. I want my mask to be, I'm one of those people who like, yeah, takes his mask off to sneeze because I don't want sneeze particles inside of my mask. You either. set the mask outside I'm a, I'm a, the bathroom? Well, exactly. So what, what I normally do is, I put my mask in my back pocket when I'm when I'm taking my mask off for stuff, like when we're filming stuff. So what I did was I took my mask off and then I instinctively started putting it in my back pocket and I almost wiped my ass with my mask. Yeah, this is appropriate. This is how ill-advised your whole scenario who, is. I, ne I, I never would have told you that, yeah, I am on the brink of wiping my own ass with my mask, well, I, but I was. I guarantee Here you I was. this has happened with hundreds, if not thousands of people. Not that makes me accident. feel better. Because think about it. Oh, when you run out of toilet paper? How many people have run out of toilet paper and up until this point in time, we most of us didn't have on masks. Now you've got an ass mask. And people are like, well, I'm gonna go into the bathroom with a mask and come out without one, I have to explain this. Well, I, did, I mean, there was TP in there, but let me tell you, I came a lot closer than I, than I want to admit. Do you still have this mask? 
Yeah, it's in my back pocket. So how close did it get to your butthole? What? I don't know. Just can you just <laughs> tell? Just sniff it. But see, here's just the sniff problem, it, man. Here's the problem. Didn't you, you didn't you watch that? Uh, I love how you didn't even want to say no. You just just sniff it. <laughs> I'm not going to sniff, sniff it. it. Mike Rowe had this. Um, Mike, I'm going to do some podcasts. They do this. Have you noticed that? They like just sit here with the the microphone like this. I'm going to start doing it. it. I didn't actually wipe my ass with my mask. Um, that's why I'm still using it, it and it's fresher. Would you like me to tell me tell you, or I, I can also tell me because I'm here, uh, why your plan is wrong? Nope, that's not what this is about. Okay. I think. I think. Well, then why'd you I, tell me about it? If if you don't think that it's obvious, then. Uh, it doesn't need to be explained. Well, I think maybe I think even it's more important. I almost wiped my ass with a mask. It's obvious why it was a bad, it was a bad idea. Uh, but I, I don't also need you think to tell me. You, this is a violation of our uh, of our work protocol. I mean, as your as the co owner of our company, oh, uh, I didn't want to discuss company policy in this scenario. But I will say that <laughs> uh, the the there's a there's a vent. Yeah, but in the bathroom. When you've got your pants down, you're breathing hard. <laughs> this is, and you're in an enclosed space that someone else is about to come into. This is probably like one of the top spaces that you should keep your mask on. Mm. And you're taking your mask off and almost wiping your ass with it. Not anymore, man. And you're like, you own, not anymore. You own half of this company. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Maybe we it, need to adjust the all percentages. All this mask thing is—it's so fresh to me. <laughs> what? You know, it's, not, it's like. I don't. It's I haven't very quite old got, to me. I haven't quite got the hang of this whole mask thing yet. I think I think it's picking up steam though. People wearing masks. The only way that your plan would make sense is if before, just from a, like a personal hygiene standpoint, not from a company policy, because we've already established that you violated that. Um, I don't have COVID. <laughs> you, sound like, <laughs> you sound like such an idiot. Uh, <laughs> no, I've taken two tests yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, today. I, under I understand that, but. The only way that your plan makes sense <laughs> is if you were to take when your I mask. When I wipe my ass with let my me mask, finish, I didn't damn it. sound like an idiot. I just don't like it when you tell me I sound like an idiot. When it's obvious, I sound like an idiot. Well, I'm just. This is for the don't folks. Don't state the obvious. This is for the folks at home. If he's not going to listen to me, the only way this makes sense is to take your mask, put it in your back pocket before you go into the bathroom. Which, by the way, would be a violation of company policy. And then if you do it outside, everyone would see you do it. So it'd be setting, not only that, it would be setting a bad example. Then you go into the bathroom, do your business, and then come out. That's the only way to follow your logic, which is to not get poop on your mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're the guy who's trying to wipe his ass with this mask, so apparently poop on the mask is not something that you, not having poop on the mask is not something you value. It's a very ironic, what happened. Obviously what should happen is, after I'm done pooping, without ever taking my mask off, I should then put on a fresh mask as I exit the restroom. That's what I'm gonna do from now on. Everybody's happy. Yeah, you figured it out. We didn't even need to have this discussion. <laughs> Let's uh, promote our podcasts. Well, you know, we actually have a Mythical Pods TikTok account because we have found that, you know, sometimes things are said on this podcast and the other three podcasts that we have, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, mm. Best Friends Back All Right, uh. and Trevor Talks Too Much. Yeah. All the mythical pods, things are said that are interesting and you might be wanting just to get a little uh, tidbit of a, of a podcast just and that little, works really well on TikTok. Just a little, just a little dingleberry. If you want a dingleberry of a podcast, uh, any of our mythical podcasts, Follow the at 
Mythical Pods TikTok channel. And if you're just not on TikTok because you've, you know, you're you're like, I just one more platform I don't want to get on. Well, get over that. We'll see you soon. <laughs> get over that. Uh, we'll Please. see you soon. I mean, I'm just telling you. This is your sign. You know how when people say that, this is your sign. Get on TikTok. My my recommendation today is going to be TikTok. So over the course of listening to the rest of this podcast, uh, I'm going to recommend a, a TikTok hey, account. So you'll I, be ready. It'll be one of the first ones you can follow. And I'll add to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're just promoting TikTok. Well, unfortunately, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy who made a YouTube video, and I, I think you can you can look this up. It didn't have very many views when I watched it, like a, literally like three, because he had added me on Twitter, and that's why I saw it. But the name of the video on YouTube is Rhett and Link are Assholes. And I watched it and it was a funny video where he's actually a big fan oh. who's been watching since the beginning and has just discovered that we have a TikTok and that we've been doing all these like old school sketch stuff, like and the old school Rhett and Link days. assholes because he didn't know about it? Uh, I mean, I kind of, I don't know exactly the logic, but I think that was just more of a clickbait thing. Okay. Um, so anyway, this is yeah. no longer the ad, by the way. We're right. back into the show because we're not, you know, we're just telling you to 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 follow mythical pods on TikTok, and we're telling you to just get TikTok if you're saying it's not for you because I'm going to recommend something at the end. All right. And we're assholes apparently, but in a good way. Look at this photo, Rhett. Look at these. Look at these photos of us from high school. Look at that one. Describe it. Um. This is your bathroom yep. at your house. Uh, we're using a flash camera because that's covering up your face almost completely, the flash. You're in your letter jacket. Yep. Uh, and we are both I wearing- was a, I was a star soccer player in high school. We are both wearing beanies, which we would have called- Toboggans. 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 Well, I didn't say toboggan. I said toboggan. I, I, you know, that's because I, I was born and raised I in North moved, Carolina. I moved to North Carolina. At age moved around, six. Uh, and they still have the price tags on them. What does it say on there? I don't know. I, c I can't figure that out. But we we bought these toboggans, and we like to take pictures of ourselves. I took one of you. Oh, that's a cool jacket. Very warm. And then you took you took one of me. I don't know. That's a flattering face. And and again, we didn't take these pictures and then immediately look at them. We took these pictures and then waited maybe months before we could see him again because he had to finish the role and then get it developed. We could we could have invented Instagram back then doing pictures like this. Look at this. I mean, look at how much fun we had. You and me got an index in my card. Room Is that an index with card? With toboggans on. That's a napkin with your with your tongue being pressed through it to make a hole. I'm taking a very point blank close up picture of you and then outside you, of the focus range of the camera. You thought it was such a good idea that then you took a picture of me doing the same thing. And then here's one that's that's uh it's tough to take a selfie when you're um you know when you can't when you can't take a whole bunch of them. So, we were having a good time. Now this is we were this we is, were such good friends. This is senior year. Cuz you got that jacket. No, no, I got the jacket after my freshman year. Let, I got my letter jacket as a freshman. Are you 100% sure of this? Yeah, because there was no JV soccer team. Everybody was on the varsity soccer team, so I like. They let you get it as a freshman? I was on the varsity soccer team. It, every varsity player got a letter jacket. Well, yeah, Are you but. Are jealous or something? I, I, no, I thought I, I'm 100% positive. 
Did you get it as a freshman? Yes, because it feels like a little bit of a cheat code. It, it did. I didn't. I just, I got just being honest with you. I played in one game, a game that we won nine to zero. I know this because in the yearbook, my mom kept the um, she kept the schedule and she wrote down the score, and we were we were in the final four of st of uh, state playoffs that year. That was the peak of soccer for yeah. Arna Central. Yeah, was when I when, when you I was on playing. the bench, <laughs> but I but I got my uh, I got my letter jacket, and I think that that's what I remember about starting high school, and it really had an impact on our friendship because, you know, we were so nervous. We thought a lot about beginning high school. We were really in that headspace when we were writing the Lost Causes of Bleak Creek because we we put our experiences into into that story and there was so much expectation. But I actually s started playing soccer. We had um, practice like six weeks before s classes began. And I remember being so nervous because it's like, okay, I'm on the soccer team. There's no tryout, everybody makes it, like I said. But still I was nervous because, okay, you got these upperclassmen, like all of a sudden I'm playing soccer with seniors and juniors and I don't know that many people from Bowie's Creek who are going over here and playing soccer. You played soccer in middle school because everybody who liked soccer kind of played, but then in high school, you started to just uh, matriculate, so to speak. So soccer for me was my introduction to high school and you didn't have any part of that. Um, and then that became a part of my identity as a freshman, as a soccer player. But basketball, I will say that basketball I, season hadn't started. I will say, if you don't remember this, is that Coach uh, Randall, is that his name? Uh, Randall. Randall. Uh, actively, almost to the point of harassment, recruited me to be on the soccer team. As the goalie? Yes. Because you, were, you could stretch out. Well, because I allowed one goal in middle school. One goal. I was trained by, you remember Peter, uh, what was his name? He was this famous Campbell goalie that I think is in like the Campbell Hall of Fame for being a goalie, Peter or something. And my dad hired him oh, to really? come and train me. Oh, wow. And I remember being out in the cold and having to learn how to do that thing when you fall on your side. And then my dad got me like the equipment. Just lay out, yeah. I, I got really good. I could do the drop kick, you know, and I'm like six, I was already six, like five going into school. He would actively, like aggressively, kind of like try to bully me into being on the, the goalie. It he, almost worked. He had an abrasive personality. Uh, I should have done it, man. The, was, sto the stories we could have had. Coach Brandon was the coolest guy. But yeah, you should have done it, man, because, well, I mean, you were focused on basketball at that so point. I gotta get ready for basketball season. And, um, Man, but yeah, Chad, Chad Hawley was a senior and he was a really good keeper. He was great. He was a great keeper. He played, um, and again, that's one of the reasons why we went to like the final four. We had a pretty pretty good team, but he was a great keeper. And um, yeah, he played in college. But you would have been groomed sophomore year, you would have up, taken over. Who ended up, I know Brian Coleman did, was a goalie for a while. No, no, he was, no. He was defense. Yeah, he was a sweeper. He um, could boot it really, really far. He, 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 did he the, could the do flip. that thing where he would, where you're thrown in from the sideline, and he would, you would get a running start, and he would put the ball on the ground, do a flip, and then throw it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody would just be like flabbergasted on the other team, and so they would just stop playing. Yeah, it was a great technique. Who, who was your goalie? Uh, Philip Hatcher. 
became the goalie. Remember oh, him? Yeah, yeah, and he was good. He was a glutton for punishment, and you kind of have was to be fearless. Thro- yeah, throwing yourself. I think all I was the ground. a little bit too scared of like getting hurt. Also, yeah. you got to like, throw your body around. I don't like getting hurt. So, of course, I mean, we were best friends going into freshman year, but like. I had this like reconnaissance thing. You were on the cross country team though, and you guys started running before. Mm, not freshman year. Oh, you weren't? Not freshman year. So once classes started, I felt like, oh, I'm wearing my letter jacket, I'm a part of something, I'm, I'm getting in where I fit in kind of thing. I'm part of a team. It actually helped kind of kickstart things a little bit. Well, At my, my brother was a senior. That helped you. Um, and he, he was like a popular guy. It was you know one of the stars on the basketball team, um, and so there was this sort of a little bit of a a runway set up for coming in as another McLaughlin, right? Um, and I don't know. It, I've never, especially at that point in my life, I've never been one to like get too nervous about the next stage. I get much more excited about the next stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I remember going, there was a, before school started that year, there was a athletes, some sort of like athlete, I can't remember what it was, but it was at, it was the first event at Harnett Central before orgy? school started. <laughs> it was an orgy outside uh, in, in the tobacco pit where everybody smoked. <laughs> no, it was just some sort of get together and my brother was going and I was gonna go with him and I just remember thinking a lot about what I was gonna wear and I wore these shorts and of course I tucked a, polo shirt into them. Braided had, belt? Had a braided belt that Hell yeah. went, uh, boy, it got close to the knee. It got yeah, close to the tied knee. Tied into that knot and send it south. And no shoes, I mean no socks phallic. and uh, loafers. Penny loafers with no socks. Wow. Um, but you blended in with that, oh, except being very and tall I was and lanky. so tan. You know that like, <laughs> we, we, sunscreen, we didn't understand that that was Didn't a, believe in it. Didn't, we didn't think that was a thing that you could do. Um, it was like, you don't need sunscreen unless you have red hair, and I don't have red hair. When you get a tan, that becomes your, your sunscreen, sunscreen. Is what we And thought. by the end of the summer, boy, you are tan, you know, and oh, yeah. you show up. I just remember walking into that setting with just so much Stru- confidence. Oh, you had confidence. Well, I mean, you know, go, yeah. going in. I didn't have confidence. Going in as a freshman, 6'5", you know, you're, you're, you're looking down on everybody. You got a brother who's already paved the way. You know a lot of people who are going to be there. You know what I'm saying? You're good. You're not going. You're bringing everyone from your school because we were going. Bowie's Creek joined Lillington and Anger all together and, and Lafayette, Lafayette all together. I, so that's still the minority, and that's how I looked at it. You know, no, it's I like, was like we've got a we've got a faction. We're man. now a, we're, we're now at least a, a quarter of the school. A quarter of the population is a minority, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was enough though. But I mean. Yeah, it was like, the, and then all of these upperclassmen from all of these other places too. You didn't, you didn't know them. You really didn't know a lot of the older Bowie's Creek people too. So, I mean, it was definitely an exciting time. I remember like there was a there was no commons area in our elementary slash middle school. You know where there was that break and everybody would like like hum haw around and fiddle fart around after homeroom. After homeroom. So, me being on the soccer team, you you were focused on basketball and then the basketball season started, I don't know, after a couple of months, I guess. I mean, that was a- October. That was a, that was a big separation for us that 
started to, you know, we had identities apart from one another in ways that kind of like could get a little clickish, right? Um, so, and I think that was the first time we experienced that as friends. But what we discussed before from middle school was more, it was more like, well, you lived on that side of town, so you had your friends and I was on the other side of town alone. Now it was more of, okay, I've got my soccer team, I've got some friends there. I made, you know, I made friends with Jason from Anger, mm -hmm. and like he would invite me to his house. And I was like, okay, I'm hanging out with other people. So our horizons were expanding and our friend group hadn't yet coalesced beyond what, what it would become in like sophomore, junior year. We started to develop like a, a friend group with some Lillington people, some Andrew people, and a lot of Bowie's Creek people. And we had a pretty tight group there for a couple of years. But I remember freshman year, it was, it was kind of this branching out. I didn't really, I, I didn't, that is true, but I didn't see it that way. It's, yeah, it's not something we ever talked about. Because I, I it's think- It's more in retrospect. I definitely had this, again, you know, we talked about it uh, that, that summer between eighth and ninth grade and you know, going and swimming in the river, and this is when we had, at that point, definitely our friendship with Ben had really transformed. And so that summer going to the river was something that was pretty much me and you. Uh, there, we still hung out with Ben when he was like, when he felt up to it, but that he didn't, there was all, a lot of times when he didn't feel up to it, and, and, and making that phone call and seeing if he was feeling okay, it just created this thing that me and you became this unit, and so, yeah, we talked about what we were going to experience, what we were going to do, and of course, I was talking a lot about all the women that were going to be um, <laughs> here at this place. But there's a thousand people. You know, we're going to this place that's got that many more women, and I saw us as this like unit that I kind of just took that for granted. That like, okay, well, we're, I'm not going to try to find another best friend or anything. You know, it's like, I, and I never, I did. I, I know I was never threatened. I didn't think there was anything that was oh going to fall apart at this point. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were getting, we were definitely getting closer than ever. But it was the first time that we had aspects of our high school identity that were completely separate. Like you as a basketball player, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of that in in middle school, but it it began to develop more. But I was friends with everybody on the basketball team, like in high school. I wasn't friends with anybody on the basketball yeah, team. Yeah, that's true because we, you know, because it's all all new new students, and there's a lot more of them. So you you know the ones that you're kind of hanging out with. Ear biscuits is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay, but I will say there's times when when you want to crack open. An adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code EAR. 
So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. I started to experience this, I now I kinda understand it as the chameleon-like quality of an Enneagram 3. Mm-hmm. that I never really understood was a thing until started looking like a, a personality evaluations, but that's a tendency to sort of infiltrate a particular group and be a version of yourself in that group in order to excel in that group. And so there was sort of the basketball version of me, right? Which is a totally different set of fr- friends because they were all on the basketball team and the kind of a different way of being. Like that version of Rhett was pretty serious and like committed and worried about being good at basketball and like kind of thought he was pretty cool because it wasn't a silly environment. Did you have locker room slang? Um, I, I don't remember that, but I'm maybe. You were, um, you were like, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm flaming some hoops tonight. But you know how you get into a certain environment uh, where in the basketball team, is different than the soccer team, right? Because the basketball team is way smaller than the soccer team or way smaller than the football team. There's this sense that you're like, hey, we're the 12 guys that they chose for this, right? There's just this sense that like, you're kind of in this uh, elite group of guys and guys especially sort of like embrace that and kind of start to feel like this cool gang. (laughs) You would wear your uniform to class on the day you were playing, right? No, no, you wore a suit. Oh, that's right, you wore a suit to, you had to wear, school. You had to wear a suit and tie, that was the rule, you had to wear a suit and tie on game day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah, and so, well, and that was really once we were on varsity, which was started, for me started sophomore year. Okay. But uh, the, the point I'm making is that there's this like mode, there's a sort of a social code amongst the basketball team where I'm behaving in a different way and as soon as I'm outside of that environment, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm silly class clown, Rhett, you know, which is what I was most of the time. And then of course with you, like we were like, it was a whole different level of silliness. Taking selfies with beanies on. I I just, I want to emphasize the embarrassing level of silliness that we were still, I mean, we never really stopped, but yeah, it it was just, it was so, so stupid. We acted so stupid. It was, it was fun, man. Oh yeah. I mean, when I read through once I started looking at these yearbooks and I started reading everybody's notes, whew, that was it, it, it helped put things back in perspective. First of all, we went to Trinidad after our freshman year of high school on that mission trip because all of our uh, friends, all of our church friends, were talking about we were going and like you know the school year had ended and this is like the big thing. We're like going to Trinidad, so that's when that happened. But every single person called me crazy. Like I <laughs> I was I was I guess I was I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm sure the same goes for you because uh, uh, people would write about me and people would write about us. And then mm-hmm. our closest friends like Michael and Trent they would write about me and you. You know, it's <laughs> like we were these uh ringleaders amongst a group of guy friends because we had these, we were super silly, we were super crazy. Um, all the girls just thought we like had, in, 
I'm projecting my notes onto you because I know it's true of you too because I just read these. It's like all the girls just thought and our friend group just thought we were just crazy. Thank you for making us laugh all the time, that type of thing. And then there were people who were not in our friend group who were on the edge who would say it a little bit differently like, you are the craziest person I've ever met. I don't, <laughs> I have no clue. You know, it's like we were, we were just, and it was a silliness. It wasn't like, it it wasn't like jackass, like Johnny Knoxville. Like they'll, and we would do some, some daring things, but it really was more about just cutting the fool, like being the butt of the joke if I had to be, that type of thing. Class clowns, and it and us being a unit that would bring other people into it. Like people, our friend group, the way that I can see in the yearbook is that they all fed off of our energy. And it's just something, sometimes I feel like we've developed personas, because we have. It was nice to go back and like have like a 98% uh, uh, Agreement amongst notes that like we were that way then too. You well, know, we, it's... we I we were organizing. We've always been about entertaining people, and so if you think about the things that we ended up doing, there was this. All right, we've got this group of people. Let's figure out. Like, let's f- find a way to do something that's a fun experience. So something as stupid as let's do that thing where we. Uh, in the middle of the summer, we're gonna go to the movies, but on the way to the movies at Waverly Place, yeah. we're gonna turn the heat on. And now we're in, this is North Carolina, it's 95 degrees at night, 90% humidity. <laughs> Let's turn the heat all the way up and play heavy metal music really loud. And thrash. And thrash all the way to carry. Just and then to when see you how get, much you can And sweat. then when you get out of the car, it'll, 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 you'll, it'll feel great. It'll you'll feel be, cool. You'll be, you'll be sweating your ass off though. <laughs> and then you gotta, then you'll stink in the theater. And let's get our friends to do that with us. As long us. as let's, we all stink together. Let's bring more people, and, I've, and we both are like that, love to bring people into that situation. So I think that this career that we found ourselves and it's just it's about bringing people along for a good time. There's a lot of notes, after, in freshman year notes, about, hey, this summer, can I, maybe I can go chase cows with you guys. <laughs> it was just like, because that's what we had been doing for a couple of years. Like, everybody knew that after school, we would go back, you know, we your brother would bring you home. Kevin would take me home, and then we would get on our bikes as freshmen. We would we were still doing that middle school type stuff where it was like we're going into the woods, we're going swimming in the river, we're going to chase these cows, and then we're going to come back the next day and we're going to tell everybody about it, and as if they missed the best thing ever. It's like mm-hmm. so. By the end of the year, people were like, "Can I? Can I come? Can I? Maybe maybe I can do that. Well, we did. The we, camping was later. That was like well, we did eventually bring them along. Yeah, and we told that story about they all ended up crying. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> several of them did when they almost drowned in the river. And it was that was a bad move. So there was the yeah, but back to your basketball identity thing and my soccer identity thing. Yeah, we we were starting to branch out, but at the same time, th- those things like chasing cows. And spending like the default being, if it w- if it was when we weren't practicing, like when I, I had soccer practice every day after school. When that was over, then it was basketball. But then we would always find time, even when like the reason why 
we would chase cows during basketball game days is because you weren't practicing after school, I think. And so it was our only opportunity to still get out there and get back into the woods. It was kind of like those guys, those people who love to fish and they're all, they carry around their fishing pole and they're always waiting to like, I see a water hole, I'm gonna go over there and fish. We were kind of that way about getting back into the woods. In sophomore year, you got your license. We could do that even more. It was close to junior year, I guess with the summer after that I got my license, but right. that overwrote, like that time in the woods chasing the cows, the fact that we were unabashedly best friends doing strange things, I think, I mean that was the backbone of our friendship and there was this identity of, okay, there's the two of us well, and are you in on it or not? And I think that that's what, um, that's what sort of solidified our friendship and solidified us as, as a unit uh, is the fact that, okay, if we've got this, if one of us has this ridiculous idea to do something, it's, you know, there's no question whether the other guy's gonna go along with it. It's right. Like, okay, I know I'm into this, now let's go and try to get other people on board, but I, but we're bringing this thing to to our friends, like even with the the idea to start the band, well, yeah, it's like okay, Eric gets a guitar and starts playing it, and it's like his intention in getting in the guitar is is more like I I I want to learn how to play the guitar, maybe get girls. It's like this is something that I'm interested in doing, just personally, it's a hobby that I want to explore, and then a, we're immediately thinking, well, yeah, but we need to start a band, <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. it's you've got a guitar. We are all friends. That means we should start a band. That just seemed like the logical next thing. It's like, how do you blow this idea, the seed of this idea, out into something that is this big experience? And me and you didn't. There, there wasn't this like stopping to convince each other. It was like, all right, yeah, band, great idea. Now let's convince some other people about this. Yeah, that was the kind of mode. And I think that getting doing that without ever having to confer about it is it's the reason that we ended up working together. And yeah, because so people are always like, we forget. Two is a majority that, with any idea. But people forget, uh, we forget the sort of novelty of the the depth and length of our friendship, but also the fact that, oh, you've been working together for all this time, and like, how does that work? And how do, I, I explain that to me, and it's, it's like, well, because there were the, there was a, unwritten language that was being developed and honed over many, many years where there's a whole lot of other things that normal business partners have to have a conversation about something. They have to work through something. They have to get on the same page about something. I'm not saying we're always on the same page. We're very different in some ways and we work through things. We have a lot of conflict. We've talked about that in the past. But the core of it is something that there's a lot of unspoken things. And I think that high school, as we sort of broke off from the trio of of the two of us and Ben, just because of what was happening circumstantially with Ben, began to, that, that began to solidify. I remember freshman year, English class, Kelly Smith, she our teacher, she drove a Mitsubishi 3000 GT. GT. And she, we we're in the same class, boy, we gave her, we gave her hell, but she loved us because she thought we were ridiculous. 
We were, and we were kind of a just a cut up duo. But we were very engaged with we were, what she was doing. She's and she like, was super cool. We're gonna do. You're gonna do a speech, and we're like, well, okay, wait. What we're about to break out for this speech? Yeah, we're very participatory in class. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. We had a section on film. She taught us the rule of thirds. She taught us, you know, uh, lots of cinematic principles and then said, all right, guys, you're gonna divide up. I think it was two groups. It might've been three, but I maybe just two. And you're gonna make a movie. Like, who here has a video camera? And you're like, oh, I got a video camera. And Trent was like, I got a video camera. And it was like, okay, so you guys are on different different groups and then she assigned the groups. I got assigned to Trent's group, not your group, and I was really pissed off about that because I was like, we've already, we've been- What a missed we, opportunity. We were making videos in Ms. middle Smith. school. We could be showing this, we could be cutting to a video right now. We would be so much further along in our careers if she had let us work together in that class. So I was pretty bummed out. I don't know what your group made, but my group made a, a horror movie like a la Scream involving, um, let's see, a car phone, like somebody calling from, calling a house, but then realizing they were calling from inside the house because wasn't there a thing where you could call your own number and make it ring? Yeah. Can you still do that? I don't know, I don't have a landline. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you could call and make your, and, and s something about that was like pivotal in the script of like, oh my God, he's in the house. That sounds interesting but, and compelling. I have no idea what my group did. I think I was more of a cinematographer. I wasn't as much into it because it wasn't a comedy and it was, you and I weren't making it together. And I, But I do remember it being a lot better than your groups. So I did feel a little vindication. Are you serious? That like, you, maybe, I was like, maybe he needs me more than I need him. Oh, I, I, you're rewriting history, I'm rewriting man. History. I I don't remember sure yours I, being better though. Well, I don't remember what I did, but you I'm sure it, it was it a was memorable. I'm sure it was a comedy because I used every opportunity that I had to. And I'm sure you took took charge, yeah, because somebody has to. I don't remember. You what had the happened. camera, but yeah, I mean that was pivotal. Like that was a that was a great class, and it was like we actually started to. That was the first time we started thinking about oh, there's principles associated with filmmaking. Well, I, you know, because you watch movies, you know, it didn't register with us. So, a question I want to explore, but I know we're going to read some from the yearbook. So, yeah, I don't I, know which one we should do first because I want to talk okay. about the just the aspect of like future planning stuff. 
well, that, that dynamic. Our, let's see, 1995, so this is 1993, okay. Th this will play right into what you wanna talk about. First of all, after freshman year, I'm pretty sure we've read this one before. Like your note to me, Link Neal, you have 14 different things going for you. Well, hold on, you didn't read the, uh... I wrote something in parentheses. Charles Lincoln Smith Johnson Neal the third. Okay. Okay. You so you I was embellishing. I was making fun of how many names you had. Yeah. You have fourteen different things going for you. Oh, thank you. You're very complimentary. But I can only mention one. You have soul. <laughs> when I say soul, I'm not talking about the kind of soul that Veronica Swan said you had. I don't remember her saying I had soul at all or what kind it was. So I can't comment on that. But I'm talking about the kind that run DMC. DMC or DMC, you just spelled it three different ways, talks about. I think you thought that was funny. Like I would like, I, I like I, what did it do? Like it was alternate spellings of DMC. Oh, and then like which, some like phonetics spellings. Phonetic, yeah. If you got the soul, then keep the soul. If you ain't got the soul, then get the soul. Fart blossoms only come once a year. Mm -hmm. So don't let them pass by you. If you try hard, you can catch one in a net. <laughs> if you don't catch one, then buy one. Mm. I'm sure your granddad has plenty. Mm. My granddad Clyde, my papa, he would he would always call me hey, a fart yep. blossom. Right. And you signed it Rico. And then in parentheses you put stupid. Uh. So it was self-deprecating. P.S. I wanted to do something that would mess up your yearbook, so look down. And then in a big scrawl you wrote, Rusty Jernigan. <laughs> Which was another guy we went to school with. Yeah. So, so I signed as another person very big and obnoxiously. That was, there was nothing meaningful in that. There was nothing heartfelt in oh, that. Oh, come on. There's a lot of heartfelt stuff in that. I mean, think if you gotta read between the lines. I, I really want you to dig up what I wrote in your yearbook and I'm sure it was equally as stupid. Hold on, but I mean, yeah, I'm For, trying to. Crack, it was sweet. I'm trying to crack you up, but read between the lines, man. There's a there was a connection there. What? What? Okay. That was like 14 different things you got going for you. Yeah. Well, that was. You've nice. got soul. That's a, the best compliment you got in the whole yearbook, probably. Yeah. I still don't know what you meant by it, though. I don't either. It's been a while. And then the fart blossoms part. I have. That's just that's just silliness. Just prose. <laughs> that's just prose. It didn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, coming of age, 1995. So this is, I did sophomore year, I think they gave us our yearbooks way late. the graphic design on this. Well, the graphic design on the Looks 93 like an oil is spill. horrible. It's like, it's like somebody discovered fonts for the first time. It's like, well, let's use all three, all of them. Yeah, not all there. That's what we were. What does it say on the back? Not all there. But here's, but here's the, the best. best. What God. does that mean? I mean, there's a, we weren't on the yearbook committee, so we can't take credit for that non sequitur. Not all there, but here's the best. Uh, coming of age. This is a slightly better one. Yeah, this is tasteful. Design-wise. Yeah, I wrote on the inside cover, Link Neal will never come of age. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, man. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, you wrote, Lunar, uh, you've never called me Lunar. It's a cute little nickname that uh, yeah. starts with an L, but you've never called me that before or since. It was just for this at your book. 
Like the Ubrick was an opportunity for this to work out new material. Well, I was hoping you would come of age and start using it as your moniker. But this gets to kind of your point of ambition. Lunar, coming soon to a theater near you, The Judge. <laughs> the script is to be written. The life is to be lived. Oh. The day is to come and we will be there. You will be there, I will be there. Let's get there. Wow. Rhett. You signed it Rhett. Wow. I, I, do you know what The Judge is? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a movie. I'm sure it's awesome though. It's a movie idea that I think you just made up on the spot for the sake of well, saying. I didn't expound on it. Um, the script is to be written, the life is to be, li the life is to be lived. Yeah. We're gonna write a script and then live it? The day is to come. Yeah, I think man. it's we're gonna write a script and we're gonna live the life of making the movie. Well, so. We will be there, you will be there, I will be there, let's get there. Now this is, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I love this. Cause there's a, you know, there's a scene in The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek uh, and you may have figured it out that Rex and Leaf are, you know, analogs to Rhett and Link. And um, uh, yeah, I did. There's a there's a scene in in the book where Rex is like tr getting Leaf to think about uh, so something in the future and something that they're going to do. I think they're, how they're going to meet. Uh, they're going to have breakfast with uh, the Robert Zemeckis. Yep, and. That was in the book because it was very indicative of the very big dreams that I would like bring into our friendship and be like, "Come on, man, we're gonna do something amazing." Oh, yeah. And the, and and this is what and this is the plan. We're gonna go. In one point, it was we're gonna go to UNC Asheville. I'm gonna play basketball there because they've come to see me play and they've written me some letters and so they, they you know they're kind of recruiting me junior year. And they have a film school or a film minor. I couldn't remember which one it was. And so, hey, we'll go to UNC Asheville. I'll play basketball. We'll major in film, and then we'll become filmmakers. Yeah. And so the the thing I it, I was like, do they have a soccer program? And so I, no, I didn't. And so they, I, I did not care about soccer. I never again. I never it. The way that I thought, I just knew that you were always going to be into the bit to the idea, right? And so. It wasn't like I ever was like, all right, I gotta have this conversation with Link. It was more just like, it went without saying that if I said this kind of thing in your yearbook, even though I'm kind of just screwing around, but like I'm, you know, I'm like. We were having these discussions. Setting an intention about like the future. In the cow pasture, like the the discussions that led to the blood oath, which may, I, I believe, like I don't know when we've dated the blood oath this in the past. This had to be around the same time. But I have to, I, if I had to put money on it, I think that the blood oath is around after sophomore year, sometime in junior year. Cause that's when you're getting like, that's when you're formulating this UNC Asheville plan. Um, you're like, we're thinking about our, you're thinking about your future, your parents are thinking about your future. Uh, the counselors are telling us to apply to places. That would have been between junior and senior year because I wouldn't have been getting any interest. I got interest okay. uh, well, from, that's from late, them. That's late to do a, a the blood no, oath. the blood oath was earlier. What I'm saying is that, I'm just saying the UNC Asheville idea because I, I played AAU basketball 
and had had a pretty good junior year, and so I wasn't I wasn't getting college letters after sophomore year. Okay, so that that was when I think it was, the blood oath could have been that late. Then it could have been maybe junior late junior year or summer after junior year. Is that when you did AAU summer after or during junior? I did year? summer after sophomore and summer after junior. Okay, so in the in that realm, so we were having this conversation. So then, yeah, there wasn't the judge is not a specific idea we had. No. But you made it very specific in the yearbook because that was just a choice you made. But it was a reflection of converse, like deep bloodletting conversations mm-hmm. that we were having in that cow pasture. We never stopped going to the cow pasture throughout high school. We've we been did, back too. We did not outgrow that. Um, yeah, and if you want to see, Good Mythical Morning, we go back to Bowie's Creek um, and we did a three or four episode series where we literally take you to the places that we're talking about. So. Check that out. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer. Peso Pluma? Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. I mean, you orchestrated in your mind this, this UNC Asheville plan. It was a compromise to like, uh, you know, with your with your dad thinking about okay, he's he's giving you so much opportunity, and you've capitalized on it when it comes to basketball. Well, this pays that off, but it also gets you into a film program, and which is something that we wanted to do. And then, how did I respond to that? I mean, you said you knew I would be on board. I, I mean, I think that's that's a dramatic understatement because for me, I. You know, I, di- I didn't know how to engage in the future. I didn't know how to make plans. I wasn't, you know, I, my mom wasn't having conversations with me about like, hey, you can take this thing you're interested in and turn it into the rest of your life. Like you were having those basketball conversations with your dad, you know, right? So for me, and that's just not really the way that I think, but I had this like deeply rooted feeling of like, um. I mean, maybe it's even attachment to our friendship, you know? So it's like, I'm sure it wasn't my idea to go to summer camp back when we did that years earlier. But I was like, well, if if Rhett's gonna go, I'll go. I still may hate it and be the one that means we're not gonna go again. But, I, you, you know, we're hatching these ideas of like, okay, we can make, we make videos for presentations. We are funny, we're a, we're a duo. Like that was our biggest identity in high school above these other things we're talking about. So for me, without knowing the application of it, I was just like, this is, I'm comfortable in this friendship. I have um, I have hopes. I, I don't know that I had my own dreams. I had my own hopes. So I kind of felt like when you brought the dream and attached it to, it's like my hope immediately paid off. So it was like this huge relief. I felt like as much as you practice basketball with your special shoes and your 
blocks and like mm. I, we couldn't we couldn't go and uh, swim in the river until you had done a, you had shot a hundred basketball shots maybe three hundred like th- like I would go over to your house and just sit in your yard and just be like what the hell man mm, yeah it's like hurry up dude it was just like I was just waiting on you to get done so we could go <laughs> chase cows so that that dynamic was at play on the macro scale too of like. Who am I to say, hey, yeah, let's let's hatch a plan to be filmmakers. You know, I I felt like I was at the mercy of like this basketball plan. So when you start saying things like, we can do this, I can do, we can do, I can do both so that we can do this. And if I, because that's what I really want to do. We need to do something. It's like, you know, making a blood oath for me was such a validation of my hopes. So it was like, oh, this is this is official. Rhett actually prioritizes what we can do together over this basketball thing. Cause it, it you know, b- leading up to that for years, it, it wasn't like, we didn't have those type of conversations about everything. You know, it wasn't, I'm, I'm sure there were many times where there were like question marks. It was like, well, I'm not gonna push this. I'm also not one to like, have specific futuristic dreams. So once once you made it official with the oath, and then once you start making these plans, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It it was like a relief to me because it's just something that I was hoping that would come together, but I couldn't push. Um and then when it when you come back and you're like, it's, it's, you know, once you realize that's not gonna happen. You know, well, you, and the reason that, and the, and you know what happened? We got very serious about the band that summer. Um, that was when, after junior year. Yeah, so that was when you know, towards the second half of junior year and the summer before senior year is when, you kind of in that time frame, is when our music went from singing like country covers, two lead singers with cowboy hats and white t-shirts and jeans to like, uh, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna get a guitar. I'm gonna learn how to get uh, play guitar and write music because I, yeah. because it, I feel like we need to take this in a certain direction. We don't need to be like playing other people's songs. We need to be writing our own music. Yeah. And um, I mean, I always, t- I, tell, I tell that story like I was embarrassed that we had two lead singers and so I started playing guitar. That's the joke version. The real version is, is I was like, I, I we need to write our own music. You know, this if we're gonna be a band, we need to be a defining some kind of style or something, right? And it doesn't need to be the Eagles. Right, and so. Which is what Benny had written in the 70s. And again, I am, uh, I am, if I'm really good at anything, it's drinking my own Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> it's like, I am great at making and drinking my own Kool-Aid. Uh, that's kind of what propels me. I my, think I, I I think I like it too. Apparently, <laughs> my you know? my gasoline is the is my Kool Aid, and so once we start writing music, by the time basketball season rolls around, I specifically remember thinking, okay, I'm going to do this because I, you know I have gotten to this point and I've done all this work for basketball, and so I'm going to try, you know, to some extent, but. I'm not gonna play college basketball. Like I had made a decision before I even started playing my senior year that I wasn't gonna play college basketball. I wasn't telling my dad that, but I was kind of like, I'm gonna do well and I'm gonna shoot a hell of a lot of threes, but my future is as a rock musician. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I was thinking. That yeah, we were both so aligned. We, we were both so committed to the band that it was, and it was much more real right then than being filmmakers. Right. So, and it wasn't you, like it oh, we'll it. never make videos again. But it was like right now the th- the thing we're trying to break into is this music industry, and specifically the Christian music industry at the time in a very particular <laughs> time and place. Um. So that's why that dream went away. So I'm actually interested to see what I don't know. If, uh, well, if this our, has anything, the, our senior the year yearbook has anything to do with that. Yeah. Like the thing that I've found here is. The senior appreciate what's it called? Like, like your last words is a your senior, senior quote. Senior quote. That's what it's called. Now I would I I I'm not gonna I'm gonna guess that what I would say in this situation and what you would say in this situation wasn't actually true. What was more about what are people going to think when they read this? And are they going to laugh? Are they going to think that we're weird? Or do you, it was more about what, how people would perceive it. That's how I would have approached this. So that, that's what I'm yeah, guessing this, going This is in. a public statement, so it has to be This is not a, per, a personal, personal mission statement. I, Rep McLaughlin, <laughs> leave at the speed of a plunge from the 75 foot plunge cliff with a pod at my side. Get them dogs with a Z. <laughs> so, so do you want to? Um, uh, let me read mine, and then you can dec- we can decipher both of them. Uh, let's see. I link Neil. Leave with the boys pondering the pod, Acapulco, wax paper dogs, and various excursions. We mentioned all exactly the same things. Knowing Harnett Central High School will catastrophically crumble in our absence. <laughs> catastrophically crumble in our absence. Uh, that's funny. So, uh, the, which, by the way, that phrase, uh, knowing that it will catastrophically crumble in our absence, is totally something that my son would write in his yearbook. Like, just like this fake bravado that he just—I don't know—that's his sense of humor. Which son? Lincoln, um, not Lando. The uh, so. Lake Acapulco <laughs> was a lake in Lillington that was an old rock quarry that had been where we would you would break in and you would jump the fence and you would jump off of the cliff, which was actually probably thirty five feet. It was very tall, but it wasn't seventy. It's that, taller from the top. It wasn't seventy five feet, but it's probably thirty five feet. It was it was enough to if you didn't land right, you get hurt. Yeah, so that's what you called the plunge cliff, and I called Acapulco. Yeah, yeah, because by senior year, that was the thing that we were. We were instigating groups going jumping the fence, and it would hopefully there'll be a full moon so you could see. But I mean, it was scary jumping off of this cliff because um, the it was a it was a swimming hole. A lot of a lot of military people would come up from Fort Bragg and sw- swim there and get drunk, and some of them would jump off, and a few people died. Yeah, so they closed it down, and it was it was never open day or night. It was abandoned. I would love to go by there. I know it's it's so close to my my nana's house, um, but yeah, jumping off of that cliff in the dark was petrifying, and if you hit wrong, you could really get hurt. And we we talked all of our friends to jump, like boys and girls, mm-hmm. to jump off of that thing. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. It was so great. It, be- it became this rite of passage, and of course, we were the instigators, and then everybody did it because we made them do it. Well, there's a peer pressure. 
you know. Yeah, that's. Everyone gets a really hard time if they don't do it. Yeah, it wasn't just us, but it was our idea. So yeah, we, I mean, I guess senior year, that was like the, that was like the big thing that we were getting people to do. So you were leaving at the speed of a plunge off of the Lake Acapulco cliff with the pod at my side. So that was the camping pod. That was the group of guys and occasionally girls who would camp by the river. We were very proud of that group. Right. We, we started letting them come out and chase the cows with us at night and camp with us. It wouldn't just be the two of us, but it'd be a group of us. That was fun. I mean, the fact that we didn't go out there and drink. I think most people probably expected that that was what was they gonna happen. They expected it, but so like, like. No, we're gonna like, we might drink some Coke. <laughs> that's not what we do. Yeah, if it was, if some, if some of our other friends were in charge, then they would have, then we'd have been drinking. And but I'll tell you, that would have been fun. It could have been really dangerous though. <laughs> yeah. Especially crossing the river. So I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad we didn't for our own safety, but like, yeah, because we were in charge, we got to set the rules and it was, it, and we were very pious because again, the third piece of this, when you're like, get them dogs. It's like the wax paper dogs was like the biggest thing on our mind. It wasn't like, you're gonna see my film. We didn't put that, neither one of us put that. And we put the same thing. Like we had really, we had really developed our group of guy friends and then our group of guy and girlfriends. There and was so like, the message I wrote to you is not compelling here? No. Actually, I don't, there's not one. What? You, you did not write in my senior yearbook. How is that possible? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe it was just too pure. Yeah, you didn't you didn't write it. I'll look again. I mean, surely I did somewhere. My my girlfriend Whoa, she's tiny she, font, man. She well, she wrote a lot. Yeah. Um I learned from this that we had only we had been dating for three months at the like the when I graduated. That's really late to start a relationship. Yeah. Like you should have thought twice about that. I didn't, uh, you know. So that's why I mean, that's why it was like it lasted through freshman year because it had just started yeah. senior year. Like I came back and went to prom with her. Oh, you did that? Yes. Oh, college boy coming because she prom? was a so she was because she, she was a junior. Yeah. Like when I was a senior, she was a sophomore. So like, so yeah, that, that was a bit more acceptable at the time. I just to throw that out there, we're all very old. Uh, well, I um, wow, I and here's my good friend, who was my girlfriend, and then my why did she stop? Enemy. She was le she was leaving room for somebody else to write something. I guess maybe but no. Me. You didn't. You go did to not, the front. You did not write in my yearbook. Maybe dude. I wrote in the front. No, no, no. You didn't. That's well, it. This is sad. You'll have to see if I wrote in yours, dude. But but yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. Well, I mean, I guess it can't be because that didn't happen. Maybe I'll maybe I'll write in it now. But we, you know, we had we had this group of friends. For, first of all, the, talk about the prom. You know, we have that iconic prom photo in my girlfriend's front yard where we're shaking hands and we got the one leg lifted in the air. Well, I found these photos I took before uh, we went to my girlfriend's house. My mom took pictures of just me and you in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And boy, where I mean. We're, we're doing the pointy fingers. Oh, we're going to the prom, I got but tails. not together. We do have dates. Working your tails. Oh, it's me, you, in the fridge. Oh. Me and you thinking about how much fun the prom is gonna be. 
This is just us getting ready for meet and greets in the future. We oh. have to come up with different ways to pose. And here we here we are shaking hands, but we did not lift the leg. This is the precursor to the leg lift. And then there we are just kinda styling in a wild, wide shot. Total side note here, when I started looking back through these photos, I was like, oh man, I remember my kitchen. You know, it's like the photo, my mom was taking a photo of us, but I'm just looking around that kitchen. It's like, you never just take photos of your childhood kitchen thinking when you're a middle-aged man, you it will trigger so many memories. But like, look at, I remember that I still thin haven't pantry. done the thing that, you know, I talked about this a couple of years ago, taking that 360 degree camera. I know, we need to do it. And taking pictures of the inside of the house so my kids will always remember what their rooms looked like, but I gotta do that before Lot goes off to college. But if you look at, this is when we were at the graduation party at the Maranatha Cafe, and you just look at all these, all of our friends and like, you know, a lot, a couple of them were dating, I dated, you know, some of us had dated each other and then broke up and still stayed friends and like, you know, I miss these people, man. The last time we had a reunion, I wasn't able to go because there was a hurricane. Yep, I and meant. It's like, you know, you go back home and like, we we really had a special friend group where it was like, um, some of them put up with our piety, all of them put up with our craziness and they were, a lot of them were along for the ride with our crazy ideas like we're gonna cross this river with everything we got in trash bags and if you get swept down the river, we'll, we'll come get you. Just just go to that bank, not back where you came because then you'll have to cross again. Like that was the instructions. And keep your feet in front of you so you don't die. They were petrified. Then we're getting them jumping off cliffs but like going over there and camping and you know, it's like you're just staring at this photo like, is it, are the memories flooding back or something? I'm just looking at everybody. I mean, and to think about, we are younger than Lily is now. We're younger than Locke is now. And I just think, I, well, I remember. this is almost the exact, I mean this. Same age as Locke. This is the same age as Locke, yeah. And almost the same age as Lincoln right now. And I just think, I remember thinking about how much I had figured out, you know? Really? I just thought we were like, I thought it was a fully functional human. I was not. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just to say the least, yeah. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm what I'm thinking because you know, I yeah, I'm very, I'm you know, in trying to relate this to the to the dynamic of our of our friendship, it, it's it was such an interesting thing because we were so we felt like there was and there was there was something special between the two of us that sort of. Um, eclipsed anything, any other connection we had with other people. And that had been, so, that had begun to solidify because of the dynamic that I talked about earlier about just kind of being on the same team conceptually in the way that we wanted to approach life and deal with things. And then for whatever reason, and we explored this in a different episode, but we got so serious about our faith and everything became about the Great Commission, you know, it's like the, our lives are gonna be about the Great Commission. Yeah, we're gonna be in a band, but that is superseded by this idea that we're that we're doing it all for the glory of God. Um, and because none of the other guys in the group were like, okay, I'm gonna go along with that. 
uh, I mean, of course, the guys in the band did, but they were like in different grades, and, and you know, it was, it was, it was they were we knew, we were friends with them through the band. We just had this like double whammy connection because there was a conceptual sort sort of stylistic connection, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Me then you, there yeah. was the worldview connection. So wrapping up uh, high school and getting ready to go into college, there was just this, and again, this wasn't anything we processed. You can only kind of see this looking back. There was a very unusual connection that we were then taking into college because we were also like, oh, we're gonna go to college and room together and study is you know the same thing essentially. Oh yeah, getting uh, we're gonna get it, to me. There's this thing with twins, right? And you've got different types of twins, but you've got the twins who get to the end of their high school and they begin making decisions about college, and they're like, well, of course we're going to go to the same school and we're going to have the same. And we knew twins like that. We knew twins that you kind of experienced in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but in twins, eventually they make. Sometimes they make a choice. Sometimes they don't. I mean, there's a. Thanks to the internet, I know about a set of twins that married a set of twins, and they all live together. It happens. It's I guess. Interesting possibilities there. But but, but even for twins, it was, that was a point. That's a point where you it could be a point of separation. That was never on the table for us. It was right, like yeah. basically, I was going to go to college wherever you were going to go to college. If if basketball was a determining factor, right? And then when it just became about. Um, well, you're good at math and you're good at science, so you should you should go into engineering, and that's true of both of us. Yeah. And Michael Juby's parents took us to visit State's campus, and we were we were close with Michael. Yep. And Trent was going to NC State. Michael was going to NC State. So it was like, and they were they were part of our pod. Um, Don he was going to NC State. Um. Nobody else from our friend group was going to NC State. But most of the dudes, that's for you, five of us. Yeah. So I'm actually surprised. Uh, I think he thought he was going to state and then maybe he switched up. I think that's what happened because he wrote a note in my yearbook about going to state together. But um, I'm actually surprised that we didn't stay closer with uh, Trent and Michael, but they were on the other side of campus. And of course, we're not gonna get into college uh, if we keep this series going, and maybe we should. You know, we always think we've told all these stories, but like looking at it through the lens of our friendship, I think it is, there's a different dynamic there. So it's like, we were bringing that, like this twin energy, (laughs) I guess to to follow your logic here, into our our college career. And, um, but, yeah, looking back on high school, it was. I mean, we, we had the we had all these different ways that we were. That I mean, we didn't even talk about the church aspect of it, but yeah, that that's kind of what the band grew out of. So there's right. so many different like identity defining elements of our high school career that then were were all re- pretty rewarding, and our French friendship group was. Uh, was also a big part of that. I just I think that's my takeaway is that like uh, feeling a little sappy about the friend the friends we had back then and uh, we had a good friend you know group. and and when not I everybody read the, has that. the note not everybody has that when when I read the notes it's like um, to me 
it's like, man, you were you were so crazy. Thanks for thanks for bringing so much to our friend group and to our friendship. We weren't we weren't always on the best terms, but we they we always came back together as as friends. I yeah. still love you. Like a lot, all the girls at some point there must have been a thing because most of them ended up saying to me, "You had a way of crossing all well, of them." Blah blah, blah 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 blah. But I still love you. You know. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. So I'm I'm sure in in. In their own way, all mythical team members can feel the same way, even now. Yeah, exactly. Like, ask Stevie, she's like, oh, yeah, Link, but I still love him. I think is how a lot of people feel. You gotta dig up your yearbooks, man. I'll Don't find stand him. on the top I'll ladder. find him, I have to get, I need to get a robot to help me. So do you have a wreck? Oh yeah, let's get to the wreck. Uh, TikTok, I recommend following, this is Ranger Keith. Have you seen this guy? No. He he goes out into the woods and it's almost meditative. And he's like, Hey, get out of your head. Are you doing your best? And are you being reasonable? Uh, that's not the one I want to show you. <laughs> hey, it's Ranger Keith. I'm out birding this morning and I thought you might want to take a minute to just wind down a little bit. We're just going to sit and listen and be present. If you don't know your bird calls, that's okay. I'll just tell you what they are as we go. <laughs> oh, there was a blue-gray gnat catcher. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger down the hill. It's a Carolina wren. Carolina wren. Northern Perula. Northern Perula just got here. Carolina wren again. Carolina wren again. Northern Perula again. Northern Perula again. Peter, 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 Tufted Titmouse. Tufted Titmouse. Angry Squirrel. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> there uh, you well, go. I'm, I'm mesmerized. He, this is Ranger Keith. Is he in North Carolina? I love you, man. I don't know where he is. He's with birds. Well, I mean, Carolina, I guess titmouse. the Carolina Wren can uh, migrate elsewhere. Tufted but. I love a tough Titmouse. Not Titmouse, whatever it is. I don't know. Wow, he's a very peaceful man. Yeah, that's what you get on TikTok if you want it. Anything you want, yes. It's not you It's want. not dancing, I mean it is dancing teenagers, but none of those come up in my For You page, so. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, thanks for um, experiencing our friendship with us again. Yes.